Hi everyone and welcome to Blue Bros 2. This time it's personal. I am your host Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, actually I have a quick uh, story to share if uh, we want to take a quick minute. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Did, uh, if, well, for anybody who listens outside of the state of Michigan might really not understand this, but did your basement flood with all that rain we got? Um, last time I checked, it didn't. I I haven't checked like in the last, I don't know, four hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been like a day or two since we had that huge downfall but or downpour. But yeah, so anyways trying to make this story as short as possible, but normally we don't have a problem in our basement. If it is, it's like really minimal, but we made some changes to the egress windows in our basement. And I put Mm -hmm. window wells in, which you would think that that would help prevent water issues. Yeah. Apparently that was not the case. And so when I was down here working on my computer the other night and it was raining, I look over and there is a, about four or five inch wide stream of water just gushing in at the base of the window a couple Ugh. feet from the computer. And it had been going for a little while because I was sitting here with my headphones on. And, uh, I mean, thankfully it wasn't that long. But, I mean, there, the water had gone like about 10 feet towards the drain before I even noticed anything. So I had to go out at midnight and dig in my backyard because water was coming in my basement oh man that sucks yeah welcome to michigan oh yeah well other than that awesomeness um other than watching water roll down the wall of your basement (laughs) (laughs) oh what else you been watching well uh i can inform you that's a little bit more exciting than watching paint dry but um I I was trying to think because um, I know we missed a week. Uh, no thanks to me. Um, but the one thing I do know that I watched was the Netflix uh, movie about um, Zach Galifianakis's uh, Between Two Ferns. Mm-hmm. And let me save you all the time and just say don't bother watching it. <laughs> if if you if you really are that interested and you've seen their segments before, just skip to all the interviews and ignore all the stuff in between because the stuff in between is just it, it's so pointless. Like there's it's not that entertaining. It's not that you know deep or anything. It's just dumb, dry, and rather shallow. It's it's like they I don't understand why they didn't just take his content and make it into like some kind of a mini series with his interviews. Um instead they made it into a movie and I don't know I don't know why. At the end they had bloopers and they were most if not all from his interview segments mm-hmm. uh with ho- Hollywood actors and that was more entertaining than the entire movie. So, oh, man, I'm I'm happy I didn't watch it then. <laughs> yeah, I feel free to wa- like go click on it and then just go to the very end and watch the credits and you'll you'll probably have a good time, but that's like don't <laughs> don't worry about the rest of it, really. <laughs> so, what about yourself though? Um, 
Uh, you know, since October has started, uh, you know, I've been trying to watch some some horror movies. Gabby movies. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been trying to like plan ahead so I can do reviews each day on my blog. Uh, I watched a few movies. I watched uh, the original Carnival of Souls. It's from 1962. Um, man, that was pretty good. I as the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, it's black and white. You know, it's it's got a pretty creepy feel, and it was like super low budget. Hmm. Uh, you know how usually like a movie will start off, they'll show like the name of the production company and uh, you know like the studio and stuff that it's made from. Yeah, this movie it just starts off like the second you hit play, it goes into the first scene. Like there's no intro or anything. <laughs> it's so low budget. It has yeah. no company. <laughs> it's a I forgot about that because I remember hearing about that on Cinemassacre's Monster Madness one year. How that movie just kind of starts off. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it kind of pulls you more into the story. You know, they have like a little. I guess like a pre-credit sequence where like that movie, the movie starts off and then like something happens. Then they show like the title of the movie and then like the people who are in it. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, Other than that, I've been watching an American horror story. um, And then the Goldbergs had its uh, season premiere this past week as well. So you know, catching up on that. That's a really funny show. If nobody's ever really watched it. Um, you know, family sitcom based, based in the eighties and every episode revolves around the creator of the show's actual family. And he's got like home videos that everything's based on. And at the end of each episode, they show like a clip of the home video that the episode's based on. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then like the characters are all people that were in his life, and a lot of times, like the actual person that the character is based on will be in the episode, like playing like a bit role somewhere. Oh, like a cameo. Yeah, and then I show them at the end of the episode and like point out who it is. It's pretty cool. Interesting. But yeah, um, other than that, um, you know, just. Stuff to have on in the background while we're eating dinner and things like that. <laughs> Just see like everybody else does. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's what you do with the streaming services. Oh, exactly. Okay, uh, we can go on into our first segment, which is the classic, Did You Know? Da-da-da. <laughs> did you know the long running segment um it actually predates me on the show and this week it is caleb's turn so what do you got all right shock me thrill I'm, me i'm going to shock you and by shocking you we are going to go halfway around the world or to the opposite side of the world i don't know if that makes sense anyways um i'm going to take you to the country of japan where they have, if you have not heard, the official Japanese office chair racing. What? Have you ever heard of this? No, but it doesn't surprise me. 
Now, I want to ask you this before I explain it to you, because when I heard of this, I thought of something different. So what what are you envisioning now that I have told you that? I'm envisioning people, maybe a team of two people. Mm-hmm. One guy sitting on an office chair and the other one pushing it and okay. racing another team. That's my guess. See, that is a kind of what I was thinking, too. Maybe something like that or maybe like soapbox racing, you know, like extremely dangerous. But, you know, go downhill and try to get momentum and not kill yourself. Yeah. Um, but apparently this is actually where one person sits in an office chair and you know how you scoot around your office and you like push backwards. Mm-hmm. That is office chair racing and they have uh, I think think they have different courses and japan actually has like a competitive office chair grand prix racing league (laughs) that doesn't surprise me at all um i'm assuming they probably have like a game show or something of it i i think so i've just seen um clips of the race actually taking place so they they do it in streets and they have like cones lined up and so i don't I don't think it's just always like one basic loop. I think they like might do some turns and things like that, but you go around the cones and you do laps. Hmm. So I'm yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen some crazy Japanese game shows. I think, was it you that sent it to me? The one Japanese game show where they're just trying to climb stairs that are like covered in ice. Yeah, yes, I think I, I I've seen that and I think I shared that with you. <laughs> yeah, that was actually kind of interesting. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they love their game shows and like uh, quirky competitions and stuff in Japan. I, I do lo- love a good game show too, which is actually appropriate for uh, today's topic. So yeah, that's kind of a good segue that wasn't even planned. Amazing. <laughs> Yes, I mean, it's natural transition, so let's move on into the main topic. So, speaking of crazy game shows, crazy competitions, uh, this week we are doing the 1987 movie, The Running Man, directed by Paul Michael Glazer, and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Richard Dawson, Yafit Koto, Jesse Ventura, Jim Brown, and Maria Conchita Alonso. Uh, the plot to The Running Man, if you have never heard of it or never seen it, is a wrongfully convicted man must try to survive a public execution gauntlet staged as a game show. Nice summary. I like it. <laughs> yes, simple and straight to the point. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a classic. Um, you know, if you guys have never seen Caleb and I... Uh, share things on Twitter or crude conversations like in previous episodes and stuff. Uh, we love action movies. And more specifically, we love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Oh, yeah. Always and a I'm kind of surprised that we've gone so many episodes without having an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we were focusing on trying to see if we could maybe uh, just do B movies, but yeah, that we just we can't go without you know branching out, and of course, by branching out, we have to talk about Arnold movies. Oh yeah, and this was kind of an idea that was posed um, on Twitter. We I basically I went into uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix and other different streaming platforms, you know, even like YouTube. And I grabbed four different movies that I thought would be fun to review. And I, you know, I just posted a poll and the running man like ran away with it. Yeah. Ah, pun intended. <laughs> so it took me a second. I was like, ah, <laughs> he made a funny. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, once that was announced, you know, I was pretty excited. It's been a little while since I've seen this. And I mean, by a little while, maybe like two years, <laughs> if that. I mean, it's a movie that you know, I've seen plenty of times before. Um, fun movie. Uh, cool, futuristic uh, movie. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen it quite a few times as well. Yeah. No, the thing that I found interesting, because it, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, and I know it's been more than two years and I specifically say two years because, uh, it takes place. I mean, this was came out in 87 and it takes place in 2017. (laughs) So, um, watching it and catching that, I was just like, Oh, nice. And so you watch it and it's just like, it's always kind of crazy. And I guess you know, when people are like, what do you think of the future? And everybody always imagines like flying cars and things like that. Whenever I think of it, I never really put a time frame on it. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, that's the future. But these are people who are actually making things in the 80s. And they were thinking that 2017, not saying there was flying cars, but like they pictured what 2017 was going to look like. And um, of course, some of it was just to straight up be fiction, but it's always entertaining to see how that goes. Yeah, in the world that this movie kind of presents, it's I wouldn't say it's like post-apocalyptic, but it's definitely a world that is, you know, kind of run down. The United States is like, man, it just looks like a big junkyard in some spots. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, somebody uh, referred to it as a dystopia. Yeah, that that's definitely how I would I would say that it's presented. Um, and (laughs) so basically the running man is a, a game show where convicts will like run through like a gauntlet of traps and it's like a big arena basically. And if they can survive where these people are chasing them like these trained assassins are coming after him. If they can survive and, you know, last for a certain amount of time, they can win their own freedom. Um, and it was basically this, the show was the, or this movie was basically where they got the idea of American gladiators from It inspired American gladiators. Oh, really? Are you serious? Yeah. Totally. Oh, I was, I was just going to bring that up and I was just like, uh, if nobody's seen this movie, just if you recall American Gladiators, just imagine that with only one contestant and all the 
um, uh, gladiators are trying to kill the contestant. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, they they're definitely trying to kill the contestant. Um, yeah, there's like no capturing them or anything. Like these are hardened criminals that they put in here. Um, it basically this is something I believe. Don't the other contestants like originally have the option to sign up for this? That's at least what I got from it. Yeah, supposedly. Like, it's really strange and weird because I was watching stuff. And uh, after I watched it, I was watching like uh, just short highlight clips and then other people's opinions and things like that. And it it's very confusing and not very clear because I got that impression, too. Like, you have to volunteer and sign up. Um, and of course, um, uh, Richard Dawson, who plays Damon Killian, the show host, finds a way to essentially twist Arnold's arm, his character, Ben Richards, into doing it um, so they could kind of coax anybody. But the most interesting thing about that, about getting contestants, is then they just throw in um, Amber Mendez, like just no conviction, no nothing. All of a sudden, they're just like, oh, yeah, we can throw her in there. Yeah, basically, basically, like, they throw her in there because, you know, they want to boost up the ratings, and they try to play off saying that her and Arnold have, like, a love affair or something like that. But in reality, they barely know each other. Mm -hmm. Well, then... You know, the reason that, that Arnold gets thrown in here is because he was a helicopter pilot and he was driving o- or flying over a riot, and he, they, like his commanding officer, told him to open fire on the riot to, like, to cease the riot. And Arnold refuses to do so. So the officer tells the other guy, one of the other guys in the helicopter, to apprehend him, like, and just take care of him in any way possible. So, you know, they basically beat up Arnold, knock him out. They kill like the people in the riot and then they frame him with it. Cause he refused to, to take command. Yeah. Um, so he's basically a, a, he gets put in this high security prison and, uh, along with two other guys, he breaks out of the prison and now he's a fugitive. And when he comes across, uh, he comes across the girl that they throw in there pretty much by accident because she's living in an apartment that Arnold's uh, brother used to live in. Yeah. Uh, so there he was... uses her to like escape. He uses like her travel pass to try yeah. to like escape the country. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Hawaii, right? I think it was. Oh yeah. So like escape the continental United States. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one, one, one correction in there though. Um, you said Arnold was playing Ben Richards, a helicopter pilot. Um, yeah. it's actually more accurately a chopper pilot. <laughs> yeah. So this movie actually gets to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little surprised that you didn't, that you didn't throw that in there on your own. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna blame the fact that it's like quarter after 11 and I'm, I'm pretty tired. So <laughs> Yeah, that's that's okay. Good with Rome. Yeah, we'll just say that. Yeah, no, I um, yeah, it's uh, it's an entertaining movie, like you said. It, 
I thought I remembered it pretty well, but rewatching it, there were a lot of things that I kind of missed and I forgot. Um, it just like mostly kind of some plot stuff and everything, but yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. If you like Arnold movies, it's something that you would definitely enjoy. Um, I mean, it's just like over the top, uh, nonsense and Arnold's act. It's back when Arnold's accent was fantastic too. <laughs> yeah, it really is. This is uh pretty much peak Arnold, mm-hmm. you know, mid eighties Arnold, uh, you know, he's still jacked up. He's got the thick accent. Uh, he's dropping a bunch of one liners and everything. Um, you know, pretty much everything you want to see in an Arnold movie. Hmm. Now, who uh, I got a question for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll just kind of throw them out here. Who was I mean, if you take Arnold out of there, just like say Arnold's not an option. Who is like some of your favorite characters or one or your favorite character in this movie? Um, I would have to say Richard Dawson Mm -hmm. playing Killian as the host. That was a role that was pretty much written for Richard Dawson. Because, I mean, if you guys don't know who Richard Dawson is, he was the original host of Family Feud. Yeah. He was the guy that basically, when you think of Family Feud, it's Richard Dawson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard that the way that he treats the people in the movie is, was pretty much true to life that when he was on the set of family feud, the way that he would treat like assistants and like people who were working under him, that Dawson was kind of known to have a bit of an ego and to, you know, treat people, not the best (laughs) putting it very delicately. (laughs) Yeah. And he does an actually a pretty good job in this movie because he's not an actor. Yeah. No, that's He's just a game show host. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, so for me, growing up, I didn't I wasn't a, uh, around a lot of TV. It was mostly movies. Um, so then the only kind of exposure I got to TV was usually like going to grandparents house and stuff like that. We just didn't have cable forever. Um, and so then, of course, a lot of that was game them watching game shows. And uh, first of all, I love me a good game show but i remember seeing some reruns and stuff of richard dawson and whatnot and uh i I agree with you he just it was just totally made for him he did such amazing job and i mean even not knowing what you said about him it just seems like some of it comes naturally to him and um honestly without him in it it wouldn't be the same movie yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I actually heard that a lot of the reason he got the role is because Arnold Schwarzenegger was good friends with Richard Dawson. Really? That's yeah, and, and Arnold was the one that suggested that they they reach out to, to Dawson for the role. Yeah. That's that's kind of an odd couple there. Yeah, that is an odd thing. And yeah, like that's that's the crazy thing too, because just like I remember seeing Richard Dawson do the game show hosting and everything, and then just seeing um it, him in this role and drastically different and he is like yeah, no, just it, it was it was crazy for me the first time I watched it. I remember my reaction. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, he's definitely one of the one of my favorite highlights of the movie. It's just his job as the villain. Um, another, a few other things I enjoy. Um, this, I believe, is the second movie that Arnold and Jesse Ventura do together. The first yes. being Predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I you know, I kind of grew up. My dad would always watch wrestling back in the day. You know, back when when Hulk Hogan was the huge deal and the Macho Man, and Jesse Ventura was always there as a commentator. And I don't know, Jesse. He's he's Jesse. Like he hasn't changed in you know the thirty years that I've seen him in anything, and he's pretty great in this this movie as well. Uh, he plays a retired what they call runner. The runners are basically like the gladiators and American gladiators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's widely considered, I guess, in the movie as probably like the greatest runner of all time. His his character's name is Captain Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him doing a a few things. He's he's big into the production of the show, and earlier on where. Arnold breaks into. I'm I'm blanking on her name. Is her name Amber? Yeah, Amber. Yeah, when he breaks into Amber's apartment, she is watching a a workout show that Jesse, as Captain Freedom, is <laughs> is running. And it's completely ridic- ridiculous. Like you got all these aerobics instructors in the background dancing around, and, and Jesse's basically just like yelling things and laughing and flexing. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's they stealing. they think the future back in the eighties was still gonna have like aerobics. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, aerobics was so huge in the eighties. I remember my mom having VHS tapes of like Jane Fonda's <laughs> workout and stuff. Well, speaking of VHS tapes, um I mean of course you just never really know what's gonna happen in the future, but you have some some captured it a little bit more, and of course you might be going into a budget thing here. But you know, you think of like what Star Trek did back in the day with their cool special effects, and they had their uh, I don't know what everyone call it like walkie-talkie things and whatnot. But in this one, they apparently thought that cassette tapes were still going to be the way to listen to music. <laughs> Wait, you mean there's something other than cassette tapes? A tracks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how the futuristic, there's futuristic stuff in this, and then there's like stuff of the period all mixed together. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it kind of makes a cool, um, futuristic dystopian, uh, visual, I guess. Uh, a, a beautiful mess. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I mentioned how. Jesse Ventura is one of the runners. Uh, there's a few more runners as well. Um, we have Buzzsaw, Sub-Zero, Dynamo, and then Fireball. Fireball is played by former NFL uh, legend Jim Brown. <laughs> so this is this is the only movie where Arnold, Jesse Ventura, and Jim Brown are all in the same movie. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are three like huge uh, names, I guess, for like I like male fandom. 
if that makes sense. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Just kind of like testosterone, uh, big names, big personalities. Yeah. No, I um, I did find that kind of interesting. Um, going back to their names, though, I thought that was kind of an interesting choice. Um, Sub-Zero. I mean, obviously, we hear Sub-Zero a lot, Mortal Kombat and things like that. I don't know if you looked up, and I don't know anything more about the background with this, but I'm really curious to learn. The actor who played Sub-Zero, I don't know <clears throat> what he's from. Did you see his name? No, I didn't. Uh, on IMDb, he's listed as Professor Toru Tanaka. So, <laughs> like, what? Like, this is some kind of teacher or something? I don't know what, but I'm just curious why he's in IMDb as professor. Hmm. So that's interesting. Toru Tanaka. That just sounds like a henchman from like a Bruce Lee movie or a Van Damme movie. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only thing that would have made that greater is if he was played by Bolo. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have pushed it to like the ultimate guy movie. Oh yeah, well, and then they did come out uh, with uh, the Expendables, so yeah, it's a little tough to top that one. So along with each runner. Uh, they basically each runner has like their own stage almost, mm-hmm. and the runners are chosen by people in the audience, a live audience. Richard Dawson will pick a random person and have them decide, you know, which which runner they want to choose at what time. Um, Sub Zero, his stage. It, it's funny because it's kind of set up like an old like Super Nintendo fighting game. How yeah. each how each character is just over the top and they have like the stage that just kind of matches their character. Mm-hmm. Uh Sub Zero, his area is a hockey rink. It's set up where like the, the the goal is a trap that you can put people in. Um he wears like goalie pads and has like a stick that's you know doubles as like a sword. <laughs> A saber. It's yeah. A saber. <laughs> We're back on sabers again. <laughs> yep. Everything is a saber. Sabre. Uh, you know, Sub Zero's got that. Um, you know, Buzz saw his area when he shows up. It's almost like a construction site. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, he's a big guy. Comes up with a chainsaw. Um. He's got like spiky blonde hair, and he I don't had know. it. He had it attached to his dirt bike, didn't he? At first, yeah, there was like a place where he could hook it onto a dirt bike. Um, yeah, and then like they do a a scene with with Captain Freedom, and they have him fighting Arnold. And I say that in quotes because basically they were getting tired because as the movie progresses, um. Arnold's character Ben Richards starts killing off each runner that they throw at him and so they resort to okay we gotta bring in Captain Freedom because you know he's like the master runner uh, holds all these records and everything he'll take care of them but Captain Freedom he basically refuses to go in there he's like I'm not going in there against this guy so they do 
like an early computer generated fight where they mm. map Ben Richards' face over like a stunt double. So it's almost like they, I don't know if they, it's like they took an old fight from Captain Freedom's uh, library and just kind of mapped Arnold's face on him. So it looks like he killed Ben Richards. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. So basically, as the the movie goes on, you start to realize that there really is no way that a criminal can win their freedom in this game. It's completely rigged against them. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It's completely rigged against them, but, you know, not Arnold. (laughs) If there's one person that can survive, it's Arnold. You think you can come into my house and eat my cookies? <laughs> Imagine if they would have mixed this with Jingle all the way. <laughs> we'd have Phil Hartman as a runner. Oh my gosh. Well, they almost <laughs> did. Oh, these cookies. <laughs> <clears throat> um, they almost did because they had... Uh, so d- the Dynamo character, um, which I think is the most ridiculous one um, in this whole thing. So... Here's kind of like I'll give a little background and then I'll kind of ask my question uh, question and it's kind of rhetorical. But um, Dynamo comes out and he's like this big kind of what you would almost think of as a a typical thought of a opera singer. Like he even sings and he's like big, heavy, heavy set guy. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing like this light suit. And by light suit, I mean, he's wearing spandex and on it are a bunch of colored dots that are just like all lit up and flickering and things like that and the the costume design for him i mean kind of the whole movie but especially for him did not uh, go very well <laughs> yeah basically like he wears this helmet that's got like circuit boards and like christmas lights almost on it it looks <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> it looks like a bad mixture of like a daft punk helmet and um tron yes except done for maybe like 50 dollars. <laughs> yeah it's it's like somebody went to a comic-con or some kind of convention and tried to do their own uh with just like buying stuff at a garage sale um, and it's actually hilarious that you say that about the Christmas lights because I feel like that's really appropriate. It's like he he fell into a Christmas tree, and that's his costume. Yeah, Arnold actually calls him a Christmas tree. Oh yes, you're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> right here, Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the thing about him though specifically is that um, so Arnold kills a bunch of the runners, but when it comes to Dynamo. He has the opportunity to kill him, but he doesn't really like have a weapon. He's not really a threat. He had a car mm-hmm. he was driving around, which he crashed. So he was. He could shoot uh, electricity out of like gloves or something. Oh yes, that too. But whatever happened, Arnold, he was basically defenseless, and Arnold did his whole thing again, where he's like, "I don't kill defenseless or unarmed people." Blah blah. Um, and the guy basically acted like a big baby, like, "Oh my gosh, don't kill me, please." Uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, he's just like blubbering, crying. Yeah, so I mean, in the whole country, you have like half a dozen runners, and somehow you have to resort to getting somebody <laughs> who's not even, you know, a tough guy. 
you know, not even experience. I mean, well, apparently he's experienced kill, uh, with killing people, but it's just like that turns out that, uh, I mean, they're all about the ratings. He gets in a tough situation and that would cause your ratings to plummet, I would imagine, because he's such a big baby when it comes to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's funny because you got him. He's just like kind of a fat dude wearing spandex and Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got Jim Brown, which at the time, Jim Brown was still a pretty big dude. I and mean, he was older, but, you know, big buff guy with a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a jetpack. Yeah, and a jetpack. And then he got Buzzsaw, who's a big, like, built guy with a with a chainsaw and a dirt bike. Sub-Zero is a, you know, another big bulky guy with a, like I mentioned, a hockey stick with a blade on it. And then you got Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom, and you know Jesse's a big dude, and uh, you know he's got the the deep gruff voice, <laughs> just ultimate tough guy. So that was a good one. <laughs> oh yeah, I love Jesse Ventura's voice; cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just you know, that's one of the cool things is all just the different characters in. You know how set up they are, and how they all kind of have their own, their own weapons and personality. Mm-hmm. You know, even if Dynamo is kind of like a blubbering baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like I said, the stages are all cool and everything. Uh, one last part that I had written down that I really find funny every single time I watch it, and I'm not quite sure why is the part where they're trying to get Arnold to sign the contract for the show. <laughs> and he yeah. goes to write it down. The guy just hands him a stack of papers and a pen. And he just kind of looks at the guy and the guy's like rolls his eyes. He's like, okay, whatever. And he kind of bends down in front of Arnold so that Arnold can use the guy's back to sign the paper. And after he like signs the, signs his name on the paper, he gets the pen and like stabs it into the guy's back. And, like the guy stands up and he's like, ah, and he's like reaching for the pe- the the pieces of paper that are like stuck to his back with the pen. <laughs> and I don't know why, but every single time I watch this movie, that part makes me laugh. Yeah, it is a dweeby guy. I I remember that. I remember that from the first time I watched it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there any other parts that um, stick out to you that you really enjoyed? Um, well, I, I did really forget about him, um, escaping from prison. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that portion of it. Cause I thought it, um, basically was, he did the thing, he was convicted of it. And then like a little time went by and then they pulled him out of prison to do the show. I forgot about him escaping in that whole thing. Um, so that was kind of something that stuck out a little bit, especially considering that they had, uh, uh, you see it a lot. I don't know if maybe this was one of the first ones to do it, but they had prisoners where they had these neck pieces. Um, and so yeah, they like went, collars. Yeah. yeah. And if they went outside the zone, it would explode. Well, the collar itself actually wouldn't explode. It would just cause their head to explode. And so they had an awesome scene where, that happened to uh to an inmate so that was pretty funny um uh no i i mean other than your typical you know the 
the fighting scenes between him and the runners and the deaths and, of course, his awesome one-liners. I mean, I just enjoyed seeing what they thought the future was going to be like and kind of how cheesy it was. And I, I did kind of get the uh, thought in my head. Um, I mean, of course, you know, how many people are going back to watch Running Man? Probably not that many, but, um, you know, they, they talk about how the government is controlling what you see and you can't believe all the the media and things like that. And I just think about like the crazy stuff that's going on nowadays where, you know, there's videos and uh, people angle it a specific way to have a specific agenda and all this other stuff to fit mm-hmm. there. And so I, I don't know. It just made me think about that, that aspect of it, which gets all political and into that garbage. But, you know, it's funny to think of what people thought. 2017 might look like (laughs) right and they show like a bunch of people on the streets watching the running man on this huge screen and you got a bunch of bookies up on the stage taking bets and giving out odds and everything before each like technically like round and like as the show goes on more and more people start betting on ben richards which is kind of funny yeah and actually uh the woman from the crowd that he that uh, Killian chooses to pick the next runner, who she thinks is going to make the next kill, she says Ben Richards. Yeah, and he's just stunned. Yeah, he was he was not <laughs> too happy about that. Yeah, so that was right before they decided to map his face on that guy's body and have Captain Freedom kill him. Uh, it before. Arnold gets thrown into the running man. He says to uh, Killian, like, you know, the classic Arnold, I'll be back. Yeah. And he says to him, he's like, yeah, in reruns (laughs) or only in reruns. Oh, yeah. And after Ben takes out all the runners, he does make his way back to the stage. And he confronts Killian at the end and deals with him. Yeah, I forgot how he died. I was like, I re- remember watching it, and I was uh, curious on how that was going to end because I forgot about what happened to him. So yeah, and <laughs> yeah, so the way that Killian dies is that Arnold basically slams him into this um, this cart that goes down into a chute that sends them into the running area. And so he throws Killian into this cart, sends him down there flying, and then Killian crashes into a billboard of himself. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. And, and it explodes. Blows up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a character that plays Killian's, like, henchman or bodyguard. And his yes. name is Sven. Yep. Did you know that the guy who plays Sven was actually Arnold's bodyguard? Oh really? Uh, you in know, in real life, hmm. it was bodyguard, like his workout buddy, and his one of his best friends. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen him from some other stuff and everything. You know, his name is actually Sven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Arnold has to have a friend named Sven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with your last name Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this is my friend Sven Arnold. This is my my friend Sven. Friend Sven. Uh, so uh, 
you know, normally when we do these reviews, if you guys haven't listened to any, um, you know, after we discuss the movie, we like to talk about favorite quotes and then, you know, talk about the acting and all that kind of stuff. So we break it down a little bit. So we can move on into quotes. Uh, I'll let you start. Is there any quotes that you remember that you really enjoyed? Uh, well, outside of the one-liners, really, not so much. I mean, um, uh, where was it? Sorry, my notes kind of suck. Um, but like when, of course, of course he has to say something whenever he kills somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Sub-Zero was the first guy that he went up against. And so, uh, it was a shock when he killed the first runner and he looked at the camera and he's like, here's sub zero now plane zero. <laughs> and it's just like, what? what I know that <laughs> the first time I ever watched this movie, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, go ahead with some of yours. So, um, I'll say my favorite for last, and I'm pretty sure you know what it is because I've said it to you like a few times. Um, but uh, going out of the one-liners when killing the runners, uh, when he's fighting with Buzzsaw, and Buzzsaw's like trying to put the chainsaw on Arnold, and he says, I love this saw. The saw's a part of me, and I'm going to make it part of you. And then they <laughs> wrestle with it. And Arnold gets like the saw to turn back on Buzzsaw, and he's like, "That's that's all right, keep it." And then he like lifts it up between the guy's legs and <laughs> basically cuts him in half. Uh, um, and then his voice goes high pitched. Yeah, <laughs> and then when uh, Arnold like reunites with Amber after the fight, she's like, "What happened to Buzzsaw?" And he's like, "Yeah, to split." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, I wonder who comes up with, like, does Arnold, do you think Arnold came up with those or like there was an actual writer that took time to think that out? I have a, I have a feeling that he probably had a hand in it, you know, just from like hearing interviews and kind of stuff behind the scenes in movies that Arnold's a funny guy. Yeah. And even movies like one of his first ones, like pumping iron, he's got some, kind of funny things that he says during that uh, one that I remember in, in pumping iron where he's talking about his diet and everything. And he talks about milk and he's, <laughs> he's like, I don't drink milk. Milk is for babies. When you grow up, you have to drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> and so it wouldn't surprise me if he like had a hand in writing some of those, but I'm sure like some were just like fed to him nice. and he signed off on them. Uh, I got another one. Uh, it's not one aligner, um, but a funny part that I remember. Uh, obviously, we were talking about how they threw Amber Mendez in the running game with Ben Richards, saying that you know they had a love affair or whatever you want to say. Um, but part of the thing that they were, yeah, so they were saying that they were together. So they run into each other in the in the game area, and she says to Arnold's character, "They think I'm your girlfriend." And then he replies, I can strain that out. See that camera up there? I'll strangle you in front of it, in front of the whole audience. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, good time. So what else you got? Um, there's kind of like a reoccurring one. 
Um, it kind of gets wrapped up towards the end. So when Arnold first gets put on the game show and and Killian's like presenting him to the crowd and everybody watching TV, he walks up to Arnold and kind of says off mic, he's like, he's like, hello, cutie pie. He's like, one of us is in deep trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Arnold kills all the runners and he makes his way back to the stage area he like walks in and he says you know hello cutie pie one of us is in deep trouble (laughs) and just like the look on Killian's face is great and that's when you know Sven just walks off and he's like I've had enough of this jackass it's like I'm just leaving (laughs) (laughs) yeah that one makes me laugh every time and, you know, if you guys have never heard Arnold Schwarzenegger prank phone calls, where someone takes a bunch of uh, quotes from Arnold movies and, you know, calls up people and uses a soundboard, uh, the Hello Cutie Pie, one of us is in deep trouble, is one of the, <laughs> one of the better ones that they use during those prank calls. Nice. Do you have another one? Uh, no, I think I'm good, uh, if you got any more. I got one last one, and I'm sure you know what it is. So it's uh, towards the end of the game. I can't remember. I think it's when he takes out Dynamo and he refuses to kill him. And there's like a camera that's following Arnold around, and it's like right in his face. It kind of like spliced in is Killian talking to him. Saying like, "Hey, if if we can end this, uh, I'd like to hire you as a runner because you've shown like your ability to survive and to just to kill these other like trained professionals." It's like I think you'd be great on my show. He offers him this contract, and then Arnold says, "I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fists because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine." <laughs> <laughs> that was. That one makes me laugh every single time. And then he like rips the camera off the wall and then slams it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and that that's one too. That I mean, uh, so many of his quotes are uh, great as they are, but that's one that's just you know with him saying it with his accent, just all that much better. <laughs> yeah, and just screaming like he starts off kind of saying it, you know, mildly irritated, and then like as the quote goes on, he just starts screaming it. And it's it's great. Yeah, uh, that was another one that was used in those um, prank phone calls. <laughs> That's a long one. Have, yeah, if you guys have never heard those, definitely look those up on YouTube. You'll you'll get a good laugh out of it. Um, so we can move on now. Um, we mentioned how we both thought Richard Dawson did a great job in mm-hmm. the role of Killian. Is there anything else about the acting that you? Uh, want to make a point of? Uh, I mean, like, I feel like everyone did relatively okay. I mean, this isn't like some of the low budget, uh, low budget, low budget movies that we've uh, done, like the B movies and whatnot. So you've got some better talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, ever uh, for it being an '80s movie, I, um, and not like an uh, Oscar award winning cast, uh, it's kind of your typical stuff. Uh, but yeah, kill it. Um, Dawson just, you know, in my opinion, made it. Uh, so 
That, that's most yeah, of what I have for the acting. I feel like Killian is really an underrated, like, 80s villain. Mm-hmm. But he did such a great job of making you hate him, which was such a big turn from how he was in Family Feud, because he was, like, a really, like, charming, kind of funny, cool-acting guy in Family Feud. You know, he would... You know, you talk to the the male contestants and you know compliment them, whatever, shake their hand and everything, and act just like super nice guy. And then you know, he talked to the the women in the family, and he would always give them like a kiss on a cheek or something like that. Just, yeah, like, he flattered them. Yeah, he was always just like a super charming guy. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, he was able to pull off this this character that you just couldn't wait to see Arnold just beat him up. Mm-hmm the whole movie. And I mean, that really says something I think. Yeah. It, and we mentioned, you know, a little bit of the dialogue with the one liners and kind of like the funny exchanges and stuff. Uh, I feel like it was done pretty well. I mean, it's corny and kind of a product of its time, but it's, it's fun. I guess this is kind of like what they call a popcorn movie yeah. where it's, it's there to entertain you. It's not going to win any awards. You're not going to have any like deep, profound feelings about it. It's there to like sit back, relax, and just kind of enjoy what's going on. Yeah. I uh, mean, that's that's kind of the way how the writing is too. I mean, you know, kind of the some of the conversations are, are just you know they're kind of just everyday conversations, I guess. Along with you get some like techno babble and some you know futuristic. Uh, terms and everything thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with the movie and then I can move on to the facts? Uh, no, I'll let you talk about the facts. I'll, ha- I'll have uh, one random thing to throw in there before you're done with that part. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I got a list of trivia and facts. Um, a couple of them I mentioned already, you know, how the movie inspired the TV show American Gladiators. Uh, I also mentioned how Killian's bodyguard, Sven, is was Arnold's bodyguard and one of his best friends. Uh, a few more things that I found that were kind of interesting. Um, this one really isn't hidden in any way, but this movie is based off a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he, he wrote like the story and everything, and then the movie was based off that and adapted to a screenplay. Uh, I mean, man, Stephen King had so many books that were made into great movies. You know, off the top of my head, I can think of like Stand By Me, The Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not even horror stuff. I mean, like his horror stuff is great as well. You got It, you got The Shining, uh, you know, and little other movies too that maybe aren't as appreciated as the majority. You got movies like Christine mm-hmm. with, with a killer car. Um, sounds corny, but it's actually pretty entertaining. Um, another couple of things I found that were kind of cool is the, the announcer that does like the, um, almost like the WWE style introductions of each runner and each contestant. Yeah. That guy, he did the voice of Squidward and but and SpongeBob. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. 
and uh, there's like a choreographed, choreographed dance sequence at the beginning of the game show. Oh yeah, and you know, as the show goes on, like they'll come back in commercial and they'll be like this this dance team that all the dances were choreographed by Paula Abdul. Really? Yeah. So this is kind of like just a like a who's who of 80s icons. I mean, along with Arnold and Jesse Ventura and Richard Dawson, you know, Stephen King writing the story for you have uh, Paul Abdul, one of the bigger pop stars from that time, doing the the dance sequences. And it was at the time when she was a Laker girl, part of the Lakers uh, dance team. I was uh, actually kind of waiting for you to say that it was some uh, like all of them were just from some cheer squad or something. Uh, I'm not sure if like any of the people in that were like Laker girls. I'm not even sure if Paula Abdul was in it, but I know that she was the one that came up with like the dance sequences and taught them to the dancers. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's kind of hard to think about this movie not having Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. But originally, there was a few guys that were considered to play the character of Ben Richards. And they're kind of interesting. Um, the first one I've got is Dolph Lundgren. Okay, that I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You know, he's definitely not as good of an actor as Arnold. You know, I'm not saying Arnold's a great actor, but I feel like Arnold's pretty passable. How dare you disrespect Dolph? <laughs> How you, know, dare. <laughs> you know, Dolph Lundgren really not known for his um, acting ability. Yeah, but it's, it's it kind of makes sense, I guess. Uh, another one is Christopher Reeve, hmm. uh, Superman. That's that's kind of interesting to think about as well. Yeah, <laughs> and then the last two, like they're kind of they're really kind of interesting. Um, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> okay. Which I don't know really at the time that Patrick's, I don't think Patrick Swayze did too many like full on action movies at this time. Uh, I'm I mean, this, looking... this predates Roadhouse, I believe. Uh, let's see. 87 dirty dancing was 87 steel dawn. <laughs> uh, Roadhouse was 89. Point Break was 91, so the stuff he had done before that, Young Blood, Red Dawn, I mean, but heck, he was pretty young in Red Dawn. Outsiders, yeah. Renegades. Yeah. No, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that would have been an interesting choice. And, you know, Patrick Swayze, even from, like, an early on standpoint, he was a pretty good actor. Yeah. I mean, he got better as he went on, but even in his younger days, like in movies like young blood and red dawn, he does a pretty good job in those movies. Yeah. Um, and the last one, it really made me laugh and I, like, I couldn't believe it. So the original person who was going to sign on to actually play Ben Richards and then dropped out was Don Johnson. What? From Miami vice. He dropped out. Like, so he could do Miami Vice. They continue to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now think about that. Yeah, think about Don Johnson playing Ben Richards, and then they got Arnold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Don Johnson was their original choice. 
like, like they decided to settle pretty much on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, how terrible of a movie would that have been if they had Don Johnson in it? Yeah, that no, that would have been vastly different for sure. And the only thing I could have hoped for is that the soundtrack would have had heartbeat in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever heard that song before? Uh, Don Johnson's no. attempt at making a pop song. Oh, maybe I have. Yeah, I probably. I think you shared it with me one time. Oh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure the music video is, is about as ridiculous as the song. Yeah, a funny thing is the song is actually in the soundtrack of Grand Theft Auto Five. Hmm. Um, yeah, you said there was something else that you wanted to share. Yeah, random little thing here as I was like just clicking through things on IMDb. So uh, Dynamo Mm -hmm. uh, is actually a guy um, who, wow, how so he wasn't very old, um, from the Netherlands. And he had a very short movie career. And he uh, only has four movies on his filmography Hmm. so imagine like doing four movies and one of them was with arnold and the running man but uh he didn't exactly get to uh you know see where things would go because part of the reason why it was so short because apparently he died the year this movie came out oh man i'm not sure exactly how or why but uh, i see on his thing that um the year of his death was 1987. So oh, that's too bad. He actually wasn't too bad in the movie. Yeah. And I see I a couple, think. I see a couple movies in here and there's one that, um, looks really interesting and he looks, and he actually looks like, uh, you know, he could kill somebody. <laughs> um, he was in this movie called the wanderers and he's like in this gang or something. And he just, he looks completely different. It's pretty crazy. So, anyways. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. So, a little random thing. Okay. And so, that will wrap up our um, discussion on The Running Man. Uh, the, I have one more segment here, and that is suggestions. Oh, uh, wait. When do we do the grade? Um, do we do yeah, it before suggestions do. or after suggestions? Oh, uh, we could we could do it now. Um, I actually forgot about grade. How do you forget about grade when you're reviewing a movie? Yeah, what is wrong with that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great movie, and it's one I've watched numerous times. Uh, you know, our grading scale is kind of skewed because we basically only review movies that we really enjoy. You know, there's been a couple that we haven't seen before and we reviewed. You know, Rambo was one of them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I have to give it an A. You know, I've watched it numerous times. I've quoted it numerous times. And, you know, just the ridiculous things that happen in it and, like, the characters and the people that are in it just, I don't know, it just hits all the all the spots for me. So what about you? Um, I can't remember if I've used half or not um, with my ratings on a five point scale or five rock scale or however you want to say it. 
Um, but I'd put it at four. I'd be a little tempted at three and a half just because I'm also keeping in mind, like, it's good. Like, like five is just like, okay, like, this is amazing and everybody should see it. Um, but I say four or potentially three and a half just because um, I'm thinking of other Arnold movies. Mm-hmm. And I, appre- I appreciate and I think a, a lot of other Arnold movies are better than this. And there'd only be like a tiny few that are a few, I shouldn't say a tiny few, a few that would put up, you know, the top of five. And there are some that are kind of like in between that and this. So I feel like four or three and a half is kind of more where we go. Um, I, I think that we need to define this rating scale um, a little bit to kind of be like, okay, what does, what does one mean? What does two mean? What does three, you know, four or five you know, yeah. So we'll we'll need to figure that out because uh, so that then I, we I can could see you could do half stars too. Um, you know, I kind of like the idea of doing stars like and a letter grade, so it kind of gives people you know something to base that on. So you know, if I'm going stars or rocks or whatever we want to do here too, you know, I would I would give it a a four because, like you said, there's there's Arnold movies that I would consider a five. And there's Arnold movies that I would consider lower than this, but you know, it's just a fun movie. So, you know, a four stars, A, I guess, because it's not an A plus to me. Yeah. We'll we'll figure that out. We'll we'll have a discussion about it and we'll figure that out. I think that'll be good for moving forward. So but yeah, no, no, it's good. If you like action movies, uh it's worth your time. And especially if you appreciate Arnold movies, I mean it's definitely something you gotta see. So yeah, definitely. All right. So now into movie suggestions. Yeah, into suggestions. All right. I got a soundbite here, and I think you're going to enjoy it this time. <gasps> Thank you. I think we might have to keep that one. Yeah, I think so. That was that was better than the last one we used. Yeah. Uh, My suggestion this week: it's not so much a TV show or even a movie. It is a streaming platform. Okay. So you know, along with like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, there's a whole bunch of different platforms out there. Um, one that's been around a while and I just become aware of is Tubi. It's spelled T-U-B-I. It's free, and they have tons of movies on it. I mean, you got to watch commercials during them, but there's not too many. Um, I watched a horror movie the other day that was probably about, you know, 90 minutes, you know, hour and a half. And I don't know, there's maybe like a total of four commercial breaks. And they played maybe about three commercials each break. So it's not that bad. Um, you know, a lot less than if you're watching it on TV or even if you're watching it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I mentioned before, in October, I watch a lot of horror movies and do reviews for my blog, which um, I, you can find my blog at uh, 31horrormovies.wordpress.com. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no rules against it. It's our podcast. <laughs> Delete. Delete. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
delete your face. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're into some older horror movies or even just like, you know, some maybe lesser known ones, you're trying to find some new stuff, their horror selection is just huge. They've got quite a bit of action movies as well. Some comedies, some classics, um, a little bit of everything. There's even some TV shows on there, but it's it's mostly movies. But, you know, for free, you really can't complain. Yeah. Have you ever... Uh... Oh, sorry about that. Uh, have you ever checked out that... Is it Popcorn Flicks or Popcorn or... Yeah, I've got that. I got that around the same time I got Tubi, I believe. Yeah, I... Because they're really similar the way they're set up. Yeah, I used popcorn to uh, watch The Running Man. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same concept. It's not too bad. I think they do their commercials a little bit more frequent, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for well, being able to watch something for free, I mean, heck, doing those commercials is totally easily worth it, in my opinion. I mean, it, it gives you a second. I mean, I'm doing a, a sometimes I'm watching these on my phone just out of convenience to be able to carry around with me wherever I'm going. So. Yeah. If I'm carrying around, it's just like, okay, commercial break. I mean, I, you know, open the fridge, get some out, you know, put some together real quick. Um, Because it's about, uh, it's probably about like a minute or maybe a minute and a half that they do for the ads. Because it's like two or three 30 second ads. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I think that's, I mean, you think about it, it's a little bit annoying. But for the fact that it's free, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. I uh, can't complain when it's free. That's what I figure. Yeah. So was there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we wrap the show up? No, I think the only thing we have left is uh, the showdown or do we have a name for this thing? The one line off or. <laughs> um, I don't think we have a name for it yet. We, we should get one. Yeah, we need to find something and I, I probably should get music for it, too, or something. But do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll let you go first. All right. So this is the duel of who can come up with the better one-liner per each uh, episode. So this one's not as popular, um, but if you remember, I, I swear you, you, you should know this one. I mean, when I tell you who it's from, uh, it's not going to surprise you, but it's definitely not as popular, but it's just such a one-liner and especially when i went back and i watched it it's so bad um but here you go i'm gonna take you to the bank senator trent to the blood bank (laughs) (laughs) do you have any idea who said that no i don't steven seagal in hard to kill oh my gosh it's so bad dude i never realized how often he does his one I mean well he does it anyways like the way he talks but his one liners are always like I'm whispering and I'm telling you <laughs> whispering while staring into the sun <laughs> <laughs> oh man if you're going Seagal then I had a couple on deck here so I'll have to go Seagal as well so um, here's mine oh you cracked my wood that's no good <laughs> oh, which you was know, that, that from? Was from, that no. is from the movie Fire Down Below. Okay, I remember it. <laughs> and it's a scene where he's fighting with a guy, and he's using like a two by four as a weapon 
probably like an eight foot two by four. And he smacks the guy in the face with it and knocks him over and he spins the the board around and looks at it. He's like, You cracked my wood, that's no good. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're we're gonna have to do a Steven Skull movie sometime. Oh yeah, I think so. Oh crap, what was that? What was the one he did with um the rapper? Exit wounds? Was or was it right? Cradle to the Grave? Uh Cradle to the Grave. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I think he did he did two. One of them had like DMX in it or something. Yeah, I think that was Cradle to the Grave. Yeah. Wait, and then what, there was the one with uh um oh dude, the guy Monica. Um What's his name? Ja Rule. Yeah, Ja Rule. I swear he did one with Ja Rule too. The Cookie Monster. <laughs> no, Monica. Oh, my gosh. I need to get that sound on here. Why do we not have that on here yet? I don't know. That's one of our most quoted ones. Um, yeah, classic Fast and Furious line. Yeah. Uh, not to like drag this episode out too much longer, but Brandon and I went to college together, um, and that's where we know each other from. We also worked together for a short while too. But uh, I, I think that is probably the one of the most used quotes that we would use, just because whenever anything would go wrong, it would always be like, "No, Monica." <laughs> I got, I got to get that. Yeah, that that's a. I think it's a definite ad. Um, okay, so <laughs> since we went off the rails here, we'll we'll call that a wrap. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the the review. Um, next time we're going to be doing something a little bit different. You know, we're going to be doing another review. Um, you know, since this one was delayed, we had to cut out something else. We'll move it down the line. It's not going to go away. Um, but to keep within the Halloween season and you know be trying to force caleb to watch some bad horror movies <laughs> um, i'm down for it yeah um next week we we're going to be reviewing friday the 13th part 8 jason takes manhattan um the best kind of a... friday the 13th <laughs> so brandon tells me it is a um one that people argue about all the time for its quality. So it'll be interesting um, to see what you think of it and we'll get some opinions of you guys too. Uh, we'll put out a question here about this and see what you guys think about it as well. Um, and until then I am Brandon, he's Caleb and this time it's personal. <laughs>